0: A very warm welcome ladies and gentlemen, Uh, good to have your company once again. My name's Chris Oakley and this is episode 8 of the Football Attic Kit podcast. Uh, Nice to have you with us again and uh, nice as ever to welcome my colleague, my co-presenter, Rich Johnson. Hello Rich.
1: Hello, how are you sir? Not bad, not bad
0: thanks, not too bad now. Um, a week ago, not so good. Uh, been uh, recovering from a cold, and um, for that reason, we must apologise. We would have been recording another podcast last week, uh, but uh, you know these things happen, and we get um, you know uh, ridden with germs and and uh, illnesses and things. So um, yes, just had to get over that, and um, I think I think we're okay now. So we're back, back,
1: back. Exactly. If 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 Kanye West can walk out of a concert mid. Concert, then we're allowed to have a week off. So there you go. I'd man. say so. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I've just noticed oh. my mic is recording really low, <laughs> so I don't know what's oh. happening with my mic. So let me just have a twiddle and a twaddle and see if I can okay. sort that out because it was on. It's on the max, but oh, uh, just, yeah, it seems to be all right now. I don't know what was going on there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Carry oh, on, sorry. <laughs> oh, now it's. Really yeah, so don't, don't mind us. <coughs> yeah, we did. We did actually sort this out just before, uh, and then it seems to have gone again. But now it's sort of, oh, what is it doing? I, can I, I get the impression I'm going to be doing lots of editing after this podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, I think we should leave. He might even be doing it deliberately. I, I think the the listeners love to hear the magic behind the scenes. It's like an it's like an MTV thing. It's like behind <laughs> the magic, or whatever it's called, behind the scenes mad, magic scenes. And I can't change the preferences. I can only edit in increments of one, naught point one, on the <laughs> on the output volume. Oh, I'm doing the wrong bloody one. That's why. Dozy arse. What oh, am I doing? Sorry. Right, we'll have to leave the, it there. The listeners,
0: the listeners <clears> like <throat> to, to to hear this magic. I mean, I'd never thought I'd hear the word magic. Used in that context.
1: Especially when referring to changing output levels on a a microphone. On a microphone,
0: yes. Well, okay, well, that's two uh, minutes and 23 seconds of easy content. Let's get on with the rest of it. (laughs) This is where the magic happens. It certainly is. Um, Well, we hope you enjoyed the last podcast that we did, where uh, myself and Rich and Jay and John Devlin were all united in a pub in Camden in North London. Um, And uh, it was a bit of a special one for us. We had a whale of a time. We hope you enjoyed listening to it. Bit of background noise. As I said at the time, um, that's part of the course of being, you know, in a bar or a pub, really. But, um, such as it is, uh, we hope, uh, you weren't deterred too much from hearing that. Uh, it was, um, it was good fun. Uh, but, uh, we're back to the usual routine. I'm back in New Zealand, uh, about as far away from Camden as you can get. Uh, so, uh, that can be no bad thing under normal circumstances. Um, and uh, back to uh, a regular podcast. And on this podcast, uh, coming up later on, we're going to be looking back at the uh, the football kits that appeared in the FA Cup finals of the 1980s. And we'll be assessing those and picking out our best ones and such like. Uh, we've uh, also got another kit-off vote for you. But uh, to begin with, once again, we start off with kit news. And uh, Rich, you've been doing the bulk of the research for, for this particular podcast on the Old Kit News. What have you got for us?
1: Uh, we're starting off with Dr. Congo, as <laughs> I always <laughs> call Kong- him. Dr. Congo. Yes. The Democratic Republic of Congo, which is always written on the news, DR Congo, which to me says Dr. Congo. Uh, so what's Dr. Congo wearing today? Well, uh, <laughs> it's like Dr. Alban, who I don't think was a real doctor, was he? Dr. Alban. But it was his life. No. Um, Democratic Republic of Congo is a, is a shirt by O'Neills, which I believe, Ooh. with the uh, Irish sounding name, is Irish, um, and I think <laughs> they do a lot of the GAA stuff. Um, but they've not been in football for a very long time. I think they did the Ireland kits way back in the seventies, uh, very briefly. Uh, but yes, they they've produced this, and it kind, do you know, what, it kind of reminds me of a Puma kit for um, African size that they do. Because uh, uh-huh. it's 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 an odd shirt. It's quite nice actually. I will try and describe it. It's a sort of <laughs> pale, well, Good a luck. light. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a light blue shirt basically. <clears throat> but then, I, in kind of like a triangle sort of shape across the right shoulder <laughs> and going all the way to the le- under the left sleeve, uh, it's it's like a red panel in a sort of almost triangular shape and then at the bottom of that you've got three bands of blue really just look it up because it's, it's near impossible to describe and then on <laughs> on the blue at the bottom it's got a, it's a, I'm assuming that's a leopard um, and it's got, it's got a leopard sort of shadow print. And it, I, I like it. It's very nice. It's, um, certainly interesting. And I'm sure a lot of people would look at it and go, oh, it's hideous. But I, I quite like it. I think the leopard print actually adds a nice touch. It's, uh, yeah. And then there's kind of leopardy spots on the sleeve. What do you think, Chris?
0: Um, not a fan, if I'm honest. Not a fan of that one very much at all. Um, um, I recently, um, just to go off at a tangent slightly, a while back, I hit upon this wonderful idea, which um, I thought, it's, it's a unique idea. Nobody's ever done it before. And this is going to be something that's going to get me a real degree of notoriety. And then I realised that somebody else had done this before, so I didn't bother with it. But basically, the idea was, I wanted to do a kind of survey to see, basically take a list of every single football playing country in the world and see who their kit manufacturer is, just to get a, 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 an idea of... You know, how many Adidas kits there are, how many Umbro kits, and so on and so on and so on. And um, so I started doing all the research, and um, to my amazement, I discovered that uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo, their kit is made by O'Neill's. And I just I remember being staggered, because, you know, obviously, as you say, a name from the past, they used to do the uh, Republic of Ireland kits from way back, and... um I assume that they're just sort of scaled down, and, and as you say, focusing on the is it Gaelic football, isn't it? G A A. Is yeah, that right? Yeah. Yes. Um, doing all that sort of stuff, and so I thought, what, how random to be suddenly, you know, doing the kit for this African nation, who, to my knowledge, well, I suppose when they were Zaire, they qualified for the World Cup, but haven't done very much else since. Um, this new shirt that I'm looking at here on my screen is better than certainly better than the last one. But it's a whole kind of mishmash of different elements and it's way too busy, n- hasn't got nearly enough. <sighs> it's difficult to explain. It's a bit like you're trying to describe what it looks like. It's, it's, it's just, it, there's so many bits, but they don't all kind of knit together. And I just find it's a little bit of a mess, but it is an improvement on the last one, which I saw as a result of doing this research. Uh, by the way, the reason I didn't follow through on that idea was because I sort of suddenly realized that it's really difficult to find out. Who does who does the the kit the, the the who makes the kit for you know Martinique or um, you know Saint Kitts and Nevis and, and countries like that? And I started getting very downbeat about the whole thing, gave up. But um, anyway, that's another story. <laughs> but um, yes, uh, O'Neill was a bit random that one, but not the best shirt I've ever seen.
1: No, the one thing I would say is, is it looks quite cheap. Uh, the material yeah. looks kind of cheapy, but I I, I I like it. It's nice to have someone different. Um, mm. ne- next up, Whole Tigers, Alam's Army. <laughs> <laughs> Sod you, in. You'll get us in trouble. Uh, I know, good. <laughs> uh, whole Tigers, um, and that's their third <laughs> kit, which is uh, uh, p- purple, sort of lavender, I would call that. Um, just <laughs> a sort of standard umbro, kind of nice sort of. Shadow stripe thing, it's nothing amazing, it's and it's but it's purple is the main thing, so good luck hmm. with that.
0: I quite like it. Um, they wore it recently, I think, didn't they? Um, I can't remember if that was against, but they wore it in the Premier League for a few weeks ago, and um, I don't mind it, but it's one of those situations where you think, would I rather see a more traditional choice of colour for an away kit for a team like that and so like Hull City obviously this year they're going with like amber and black stripes and I'm guessing in the past their away kit would have been something like white and uh, has been white on a number of occasions I think that would work better but it's not a bad colour, um, it's quite sort of vivid though I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be one of those ones that really polarises uh, opinion but, but not bad uh, umbro, nice umbro styling the old half and half cuffs there as well in black and white Mm. Yeah, not bad. Better better than the um Doctor Congo
1: one. That's for sure. every time we say the doctor thing now, I've just got uh, Dr. Alban, it's my life going through my head. <laughs> uh, which has nothing to do with Doctor Congo. So never I've mind. got I've got um bongo, um bongo the the Congo, that's what's going through in my mind. See, that wouldn't have worked when they called Zaire, would it? They'd have to have called the drink um, ba, um by ear. <laughs> but, yeah, whatever.
0: Um, uh, Kumbaya?
1: No, okay. <laughs> Kumbaya, yeah. They sing it in the Zait. No, it's Kumbaya. one the Zay- Yeah. Uh, right, moving on, back to Kits Let's Kit. get back. Uh, yes. we've got Eritrea uh, and their home, away and third kits. Now, uh, mm, I'll let you describe this, Kit. Uh Kit? know, mm. you're called Chris, aren't you? That's your name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um oh, all right then. Um <clears throat> basically the 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 shirts are made by AMS more of which shortly. Um, the home shirt is white. It's got a red kind of shallow v-neck uh, collar. Uh, but the main feature on it is down the left-hand side of the shirt, you've got three stripes, basically. One is blue, one is red, and one is green, which I think I, I'm right in saying it comes from the um, Eritrea flag. And um, you've got the Eritrea sort of coat of arms positioned on the red stripe, AMS is in the middle, and then on the right-hand side, you've got the sort of, I, th- I suppose it's the Eritrea Football Association badge. And then um, by way of trim on the cuffs, you've got, again, this sort of green, red, blue stripe motif. Um, I suppose if you're technically, you're looking at four colours, if you include white. And whenever you get one, it's not often you get those situations, but when you do, you, it's sort of like it's, there's a lot to kind of take in. And blue, green, and red... On white. There's a lot going on. It's, it's not bad, but it needs a bit of refinement, but not bad. Not bad at all. And then you've also got the other two shirts there, um, which I suppose are just like a transposal of the colours of, of the first shirt there, I suppose, Rich.
1: Almost, but I noticed the away, obviously, because the away <laughs> is blue itself, the stripes on the side are yellow, red, and green. I was just um, going to
0: say, I just spotted that. <laughs> it's whereas, got yellow, so not
1: <clears> Yeah. I have to say, the, uh, they all look naff. Because they all look very, very cheap, um, and the away one is just awful. The blue one, <laughs> the blue with a yellow, red, and green stripe down the side, it just looks vile. It looks like someone sicked up a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the the, uh, the the third one's not. Uh, well, again, I think the problem is the stripes down the side are so big because they're quite wide stripes, and they they occupy almost half the shirt. And so you've in effect like like chris said you've kind of got four major colors on a shirt which is just too many in this case it's just <laughs> and then and the the green really sort of jars there i think if it was just i mean obviously it's it's from the the colors that they you know the country has they can't just scrap it for the sake of a football kit design um but it, it the green really throws it off and makes it look naff in my opinion the one thing i do like however is they've got the word eritrea on the back like mexico used to have and I am all for that. Whether that will translate through to the actual shirts worn, I don't know. Because I suspect that might well be replaced with player names. Unless everybody in Eritrea is called Eritrea something. In which case they can have it.
0: <laughs> well, there's a couple of things to add there. While while you were um, talking, I just had a quick sneaky peek at the Eritrea flag. And indeed it is green, red and blue. Um, with a yellow um, coat of arms on the red bit. Um, sort of divided into triangles, you might say. Um, so those are the colours, yellow, red, green, blue. And that then begs a the question, why have a home shirt which is white? I mean, I'm, I know there's nothing, you know, there's no law against it, but um, I think it would have been better to have a home shirt, which is yellow with the red, blue, green. Um, but, um, but you know, hey-ho. Um, but the other thing... Sorry, go on.
1: <coughs> I was going to say the same could be said of Germany, who have no white yeah, flag whatsoever.
0: I know, I, I realise I was walking into that trap, but... Um, <laughs> But for the sake of the whole four color motif thing. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, but um, the other thing I was going to mention, <coughs> excuse me, is that, um, with regards to AMS, who's the manufacturer of these shirts, I don't know much about them. So before the podcast, I did a bit of research and it turns out, first of all, that AMS are not, <coughs> excuse me, are not, uh, um, a, an African company. They're actually uh, founded in Melbourne, Australia in 2014. However, it's fair to say that they do focus on um, African nations as far as the kits are concerned that they make, and they tend to sort of aim for the, um, dare I say it, the sort of lesser or smaller countries. And I was, I'm was, i on their website, which is basically, um, if you want to go and visit it anytime, AMS, uh, ams-clothing.com. And um, they do the kits for South Sudan, Sierra Leone, Rwanda... Um, Eritrea, as we've heard, and also a couple of other teams are the non-affiliated FIFA teams, Darfur United, Western Sahara national football team. Um, what I would say is having, having done this research is that I really now have much more respect for AMS because the, as we've said, the Eritrea kits look a little bit, well, how should I say this to be kind, unrefined? Um, but awful. actually when you, <laughs> is another <coughs> word I think you could use. But the, if you look at the other kits that they do, particularly the one for the South Sudan team, that's basically white shirt, but it's got black, red and green, kind of like a stripe, flag stripe kind of thing going on across the middle of the shirt. I really like the way that AMS do their kits in general. There's, there's usually some kind of detail there that you can sort of enjoy or appreciate. They're not just kind of churning out kind of boring template kits. They're trying to do something different. So... I would give my thumbs up to AMS and say, well done, keep up the good work. Um, I, you know, I'd say the, the, the Eritrea kits, this time around, not amongst your best, but you've certainly got other kits that you've done there um, which are well worth seeking out. There, real, real good effort is going into making those kits, so keep up the good work, as I say.
1: Well, one thing that's, that is interesting is the fact that, like you say, they're not an African manufacturer, But Mm. their logo, they clearly are, they obviously have some tie up with Africa because their logo actually has a map of Africa in the A of the AMS, (laughs) AMS, which is a nice little touch, but that's an odd thing to do for a manufacturer Mm -hmm. not from Africa. Unless, like I say, you are, I mean, you've kind of narrowed down your, your kind of potential client base there, really, unless Mm. they plan to do (laughs) and change their logo for every single that continent. Actually, I'm just looking at some <laughs> others here. The South Good Sudan shirt. Yeah, quite. The South Sudan third shirt is is pretty cool, man. Oh, yes. It's it's black with a yellow star on it, and then some kind of I don't know. I don't know what the hell. you has got almost like a stained glass window effect on the on the, the top of the shirt <laughs> with like kind of white. There's basically a red, uh, sorry, blue, red, and green flashes of colour that occupy the top half of the shirt, and each one is mm. outlined in white. A big, thick, mm. white bar, which looks... I don't know, it looks really nice, actually. Me likey! <laughs> Me likey. Excellent, shaky! Yes. <laughs> I
0: was just going to say, just to kind of... <laughs> we're talking about four colours. If you include the colour of the logo of AMS on the third show, that's actually orange, <laughs> so that's another colour just thrown in for good measure. But uh, anyway, we digress. Indeed. Right, what's next? What's next? I don't know. Czech's agenda. What's next? Oh, yes. <laughs> Bulgaria! Um... <laughs> Bulgaria's uh, new Home and Away uh, kits have been launched, made by Joma. Now, I don't know about you, Rich, I have a little bit of a problem with Joma kits. Some of them are really good, but a lot of them I find are a bit ho-hum and a bit, I don't know, dare I say, badly executed. But that's just my view. Um, in the case of these two new kits for Bulgaria, the shirt specifically, Home Shirt uh, looks... It, <laughs> it I've just realised there's every um a bit of evidence here in front of us to suggest that they're basically just nicking bits off of other manufacturers kits i'm i'm joking joma don't sue me um so basically on the on the so the Bulgaria home shirt is white but there's a red sort of panel like a red stripe going down the sleeve which is not dissimilar to what puma are doing this season Then you've got a sort of wrap-over collar, which harks back to what Adidas were doing with Bulgaria and many other countries back in about 1986. Um, And then you've got like a horizontal kind of... It's not even really a shadow pattern, but it's like a kind of series of thin stripes, like a slightly shadowy kind of pattern. Um, Again, looks a bit like... um, I think, yeah, again, a Puma sort of thing. I don't know if they're tied in with Puma. <laughs> I'm sounding, if you read between the lines, like I'm basically saying they're ripping off Puma. I'm not saying that, right? He is so Joma.
1: It, That's uh, what he's uh, saying. And he's, it's on the publicly broadcasted media. <laughs> um, my
0: views are those only of Rich Johnson and nobody else. Um, no. Um, it's, but So it's, the home shirt is, it's not bad, but it, I wouldn't say it's the most original shirt because it looks like there's sort of things that you've seen on other shirts. There's also the new Bulgaria badge, which are, they, they introduced a while back uh, as this kind of strange <coughs> shield thing with a line on it, which is a bit odd, I find. But um, anyway, so that's that one. But the away kit, or the away
1: shirt, t- tell the listeners about that one, Rich. Well, I'm just, before I do that, I'm just going to pass my opinion on the home shirt. I like it. It, Yes, it does feel very much like a, a, um, inspired by Puma. (laughs) That's the (laughs) phrase I'm going with. I'm not a great fan of the new badge. That looks awful. What's that going on with that lion? He's got like weird cankles. Um, so I don't know what that's all about. But it's a nice shirt. I think it's very neat. I love the neck on it, and yet, but that's probably because it looks like this sort of 86 one. Um, hmm. So, yeah, I think, I think it's nice. Um, I don't really like, I, the one thing I hate most about Joma is their logo. It's awful. Mm. It's like a four-year-old did it and just went for the kind of, you remember those, uh, I think, uh, some, something from our childhood, Chris. Do you remember you used to be able to get jackets and you could have letters applied to the back and it was a certain, like, cartoon <laughs> font? That's what Joma's yeah. logo reminds me of those. So, you know, anyone that remembers those exact things that I'm talking about, you know what I mean. Um, right, The Away. The Away. Ah, mm, well, wow. I think it's my response to that. Um, it's green with a red sash outlined in white with a yellow neck and that stupid lion badge. Um, which does, it, it just doesn't say Bulgaria to me. It just does not look right. It's just mm. bleh, bleh. Mm. <laughs> it, I'm
0: sorry to say, it is hideous. It looks like it belongs, and hell, I'm probably going to, you know, um, what should we say? Damn someone else with faint praise here, but it's, it, it's, it looks like it belongs to somebody like. Congo, or somebody like you know, one of the African nations, and but <clears throat> yeah, it does, but that's uh, but I don't mean to slight African nations, no, what it I mean, just has that
1: vibe about it. It just has that, it's the color scheme, I think. It's the kind of well, yeah. again, it's the sort of red, gold, and green thing, Well, that's not red, gold, and green, yeah, too. I was <laughs> say, yeah. um, that's more Jamaica, isn't it? Um, yeah. but but yeah, it just doesn't and it just doesn't seem to be a Bulgaria kit, it just what now? It just feels wrong. The home kit. Looks classic Bulgaria kit, and the away just looks not Bulgaria at all. If someone showed you that, especially with the the badge on it, because there's nothing (laughs) I immediately identifiable, but it just doesn't look. I'm going to say again, it doesn't look like Bulgaria, right?
0: (laughs) Well, the thing we were having this discussion just before we started recording, and we kind of picked up on the fact that normally. Bulgarian away kits tend to be red, or well, at least they have been on many occasions in the past. So to see a green shirt is obviously a bit different, but that's okay because obviously the green's on the flag. So it's sort of, it's a good reason to use it. But the fact for me, there's all kinds of things wrong with this away shirt. The first thing is the fact that the red inverse uh, diagonal sash is outlined in white. I think I'd have left the white out of it. That just seems to be an afterthought. Um, so you've got that. Secondly, um, the Joma logo, the word mark, they've put that at the top left-hand corner of the diagonal sash. Now, on the home shirt, Joma, the word Joma is in the middle, below the neck. So there's no continuity between sort of home and away shirt. I mean, I don't suppose you have to have continuity, but, I mean, would would be nice. And then, again, on the away shirt, you've got yellow collar and cuffs. And you think, where's, where's yellow come from all of a sudden? It's like... <laughs> But not only that. Going back to the continuity thing, the cu- the collar style is different to the one on the home kit. There's no double line, double colour sort of trim on the collar. It it looks like two. Like it looks like they've designed a home kit, run out of time, and then thought, oh, we've got to supply them with a, with an away shirt. Quick nip down the market in in <laughs> town and just get some material and make something. And it it, it it's just. It, and there's no, and on the away shirt, there's no shadow pattern, no nothing. And it's just, I think it's awful, really awful. And it looks cheap. Sorry, Joma, but I've, there you go, I've said it. And you copy Puma as well. Oh, no, 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 no I'm not saying
1: <laughs> Oh, dear. That, that was the last Football Music <clears throat> <politic> kit podcast. <laughs> uh, anyway.
0: Freebies from Joma.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right, moving on uh, to a kit that I, I really like. I mean, it, it could be accused of being quite busy, but I like it. It's the Santos third kit by Kappa. Uh, it is a kind of again, it's describing these things <laughs> as a nightmare. Um, it's, it's got blue shoulders, like kind of like almost navy, kind of mid to navy blue shoulder panels and sleeves, and then the main trunk of the kit is. A kind of almost a sky blue at the top, fading down to a mid blue, which I really like. But then, right in the middle, you've got a series of very thin navy and white stripes. Or Are they black? I can't really tell. I think they look navy I think actually. Black. Oh, they are black. Are they? Well, I think because centos is yeah, based on them. white and black. So. Yes, yes. Uh, it's just they look a little <laughs> bit navy on here. No, they are definitely black. Yes. Um, and I just really like it. So it's basically the, about the width of a normal, say, a standard Newcastle black stripe. But in that, they've got, what, one, two, three, four, five uh, very thin black and white stripes, which look very, very nice, I think. What do you think, Cressy?
0: Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind that one at all. Um, Kappa um, are, I think Kappa are what Joma want to be. Um, Sorry, I'll drop this now. I just hate thing um Kappa's kits they make they do do a few duff ones i'll be honest there's, there's some kits of theirs that, you know don't quite hit the mark but a lot of Kappa ones i think we've said it before when they do a good kit they really really hit the nail on the head this one i think is pretty good it's not their one of their absolute best but i like the colors the dark blue on the on the sleeves and the shoulders and then this kind of gradiated light to dark blue thing going down the bulk of the shirts and then this kind of black and white um, sort of, I don't know what you call it, like a tram line, I suppose, going down the middle of the shirt. I think it's a nice touch. Um, I think it's it's a good one. It reminds me a bit of that Newcastle away kit that was hanging around in the um, when was that? I'll tell you what it's reminded me of. The Newcastle away shirt that they had around about '96, which I think was like a denim blue, but it had a horizontal. Um, series of stripes going across the middle not vertical but um, I suppose that's what it's reminding me of but um, yeah not bad not bad Kappa
1: Kappa and uh, not Kappa. Joma <laughs> uh, not Joma we have next Panama with their World Cup Qualifier shirts which are by New Balance uh, who yes, indeed. if you remember uh, sponsored Brian Robson's boots in the eighties. <laughs> if you remember, how yeah. would I know that? Because <laughs> I used to get shoot. I'm sure it was New Balance. Actually, I'm, I'm probably wrong. Probably wasn't. <laughs> um, I remember he. I remember he did some jeans. He got sponsored by a jeans company, which was always in the shoot. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna have to find that out. Yeah, Brian <laughs> Robson did adverts for jeans in like Shoot and Match magazine. Very weird. It was. It was the late eighties. Mm. Everyone was on cocaine um so panama shirts quite simple affairs but some nice little touches i think they're quite nice shirts actually then uh so Mm. the the home one uh, i'm assuming it's the home one is a is a red and then it has blue shoulder panels and then the very sort of tips of the the last sort of probably about three inches of the shirt sleeves there's like where the um, shoulder panel runs down is basically like candy uh, stripes of kind of like red and white and I, I think it looks quite nice. It's an interesting thing and they've also got it uh I suppose it will be classed as side panels under the on the trunk of the the um shirt. And the away one is white with blue panels again and then the are the trim is whitened and blue stripes. I'm not describing that very well, but again these are quite hard <laughs> to describe really. Um what do you think of those Chris? Caress-
0: yeah, I like them. Um, a definite improvement on the last Panama kits. Oh, come on. You must have seen them. Um, <laughs> we, we, we mentioned them on, it might have been, been the very first football attic kit podcast that we did because we were doing the, was that the one that we did the Copper America? I think. Anyway, whichever one that was. Um, I think we mentioned the Panama kits and we sort of said nothing to write home about. You know, move along, nothing to see here. These ones are a lot more refined, nicely executed. Um, the blue, stripe down the sleeves I'll be I'll be fair and balanced about this that's a bit like the puma thing as well <laughs> I'm trying to kind of accuse everyone of copying I'm just saying that's you You do find though that in different periods of time with football kit design that there seems to be a kind of a vogue kind of thing that all the manufacturers do something similar like wrap over collars and stuff and I think that that's the thing at the moment a lot of Manufacturers are, are sort of latching onto this thing of having a broad stripe going down the shoulders and sleeves. So that's that's what um, New Balance have done. But I like the kind of um, alternating little uh, horizontal stripes that finish off the cuffs and go down the side of the um, side of the shirt as well. And the, and the away shirt in white and blue, very nice as well. And a perfect example of how to basically use the same template for the home shirt as the away, and then just change
1: the colours. Nicely done. Well done, New Balance. Indeed, um, and and now we come to a new feature, uh, so new that I've literally just thought it up. <laughs> um, Kids oh of the week. Where we go through all the shirts that we've mentioned, or maybe we haven't mentioned oh. this one yet, and dec- declare it as kit of the week. And seeing as, yeah. as I've just made this up, I've picked this one. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah. Do you remember when we talked about this feature, Chris? You know, no. Just, just now. <laughs> um, no. So you do. I just mentioned it just then. We talked about what? it two seconds ago, <laughs> live I, on the podcast. I resign. Ah, oh, God. Right. So, my favorite kit for this week, um, is at com, is a leaked kit and it's Germany's that they're going to wear in the Confederations Cup. And I think it looks absolutely amazing. It's basically clearly inspired by the 86 World Cup kit. Um, because it's it's basically an all white shirt uh, the adidas sleeves uh, adidas sleeves the adidas stripes are only on the shoulders they don't even run past uh, well technically that's i suppose they're almost epaulets really aren't they uh, hmm. they are the are bit before you come to the shoulder uh, a bit like the Liverpool 85 to 86 kit um so the stripes don't run down the sleeves. But the main feature of this, because it is literally an all-white shirt, is the neck is a nice little V-neck, but the trim on it is the little uh, the uh, black, red, and yellow of the German flag. And it's, like I say, it's basically a V-neck version of the 86 World Cup kit. And I think it's just absolutely gorgeous. I, that's almost, I would say, possibly one of my favorite Germany kits ever.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's, um, it's one for the, for those people that, um, like their sort of detailing on the German shirts, uh, sort of more at the minimal end of the scale. Um, uh, but it's lovely. It's a lovely nod in the direction of, um, yeah, as you say, the 1986 World Cup shirt, which I suppose it's what, what we're looking at their 30th anniversary kind of thing, maybe unofficially. That might be what they're kind of aiming for there. Um, but, uh, very nice. And, and without the black Adidas stripes going down the side of the shirt, which is the, this year's, this season's thing, um, it just adds the purity of the white on the shirt. It's a, it gives a far bolder, um, you know, portrayal of the, of the, of the team's colours. It looks fantastic. Very nicely done. Less is more. That's the one they're going for on that. Indeed. And it's my, Kit of the
1: week
0: <laughs> uh, We need to get a jingle now I suppose <laughs> yeah. Kit anyway.
1: of the week <laughs>
0: <laughs> Right, that's that done um, Right <laughs> But um, Yes, I'll have to suddenly spring something on you Next next time around it be like um, <laughs> um shirt that Rich has voted for Which I think is cac of the week <laughs> Or something I'll That'd work on <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Um, Before we um, bring the kit news section of this podcast to an end, um, we've um, got one last thing just to mention. It's basically a comment that we got from our long-term listener and uh, good friend, Austin Long. Uh, He contacted us a while back and basically said uh, that we should go out of our way and find some images of the Hoffenheim Home and Third shirts. And the Mainz away and third shirts for this season. Why? Well, because of one particular feature, and that is the collar. Um, now, in both cases, the shirts are made by Lotto, and the distinctive feature on those uh, on those shirts that I've just mentioned is that basically you've got this kind of V neck, which kind of curves around and down into a point. But on one side of that V neck. Um, the colouring is in a contrasting it's it's in a contrasting colour to the rest of the shirt. So for instance, um Hoffenheim's home shirt for this season is predominantly blue, it's got black sleeves, but the V neck on one side of the V-neck it's blue, but on the other side it's black. The away kit is it's it's uh the colour is red and it's yellow on the other side. And similarly for Mainz Away, it's you've got a white and yellow V-neck. And on the Away shirt, sorry, the third shirt, um, it's kind of like a luminous yellow and black. So um, thank you, Austin, for bringing that to our attention. It's not what you call new news, because these shirts were launched at the start of the season. But um, as you can appreciate, a lot of kits kind of go under the radar from our point of view. We don't get to see ev- absolutely every single new kit that is launched around the world. So um, we appreciate you... Um, just telling us about that, uh, we'll try and put links as we always do. We'll put links to all of the shirts that we've mentioned in kit news on our accompanying blog post over at the Football Attic, so you can uh, follow the links and have a look
1: at these shirts. But um, what do you make of those collars, Rich? Just before we wrap up. No, sir, I don't like it. Um, no, no, no. I. Mm, no, I don't. I don't like the thing. I I like the idea of the two-tone collar. I like that. I just don't like the shape of it. I don't like collars that mm. do that stupid kind of dipping down and then joining like that. Unless it's the <laughs> Juventus eighty-five kit, which was all right. Um, no, I, I don't like it. I think it's just it's one of these things that you look at and you just think, oh, it's a gimmick. You know, it's like just uh, it's. I suppose. I think what I mean by that is it's like you look at the standard necks and there's always been V-necks, like round necks, crew necks, I think they're called. Um, And they're kind of all standard. And there's always been like lace-up type things from the early days. Um, And then you kind of occasionally will get these trends where they come up with new style of necks, but they don't hang around. And the reason they don't hang around is because they're just that. They're a passing fad and they're hmm. just sort of someone trying to be different, which I applaud. I applaud the trying to be different thing. And like I say, I do very much like the two-toneness of it, but I can't help feel that's been done before in some form or another. Uh, I just think... Yeah. I just don't like them. I'm just not a great fan, personally. Did Austin actually say whether he did like them or not?
0: Um, I can't, I can't remember. remember. He just no, sort of said... Um... You should have a look at these shirts, he said and and fair enough too um i mean i I again like yourself, Rich. I love the fact that they've actually tried to do something different with the collar, and I think the collar is one of those things that is all too easily just overlooked and and manufacturers just sort of go, "Oh, we'll just go for a simple v neck or a button up collar or something but so this is a bit different, and that's good um I would say the it's it's one of those kind of designs I think that um probably a lot of fans are going to find hard to deal with, especially. If you take the Hoffenheim third shirt, it's, it's essentially a red shirt, but one side of the collar is in, it, in this kind of yellow stripe, but it just looks a bit out of place. I think if it was done in a more subtle colour, like a darker shade of red or something, um, that wouldn't have been so bad. But it's just, um, it, it just looks a bit odd. It looks a bit too quirky,
1: I would say. Um, so yeah, cause that's a nice the thing, idea. The Hoffenheim home one. 's got that the second color on the on the neck is the same color on the sleeves, which yeah. it actually sort of works it kind of looks nice in fact, it would have looked even nicer if that had a flowed through from the sleeve. but yeah. like you say, on the other three kits, the Hoffenheim Third shirt and the two mainz ones the the color that's on the on the collar is is no nowhere else on the shirt, so it just looks mm. really odd. Actually I lie, I lie actually. On the Mainz one it's on the very bottom of the shirt. The black is also mm. base trim. As it is on the Hoffenheim the third shirt. <laughs> yes, I just but that. but that's I mean on the on the Mainz uh, away one it's not. It's it's blue on the bottom. So you've got four sorry, three different trim colours on that. You've got red on the sleeves, yellow on the on the neck, and then blue at the bottom. It's weird
0: yeah. One thing actually I just this wasn't really the reason for for looking at these shirts, but it's just something I've just spotted along the way. actually another detail uh, Austin, maybe you, you've seen this yourself is um, what they've done on the on the cuffs of the shirt, which I think is quite a nice touch. It's basically like a normal kind of trim like a stripe that goes along the edge of the cuffs. but then as you get to the outside edge, it's sort of the stripe suddenly curves up and creates a space where
1: the lotto logo goes and I think that's quite nice actually. I do as well, actually. It's a nice hmm. little touch. And it kind of makes yeah. the logos a bit subtle. Although, I don't know, having sleeve logos kind of annoys me in the first place. It's like, oh, my God, I just sound like an old man doing that. I think, <laughs> I th- to me, it was I think it was mainly... Uh, I think the first ones, really, that were brought to my attention were probably... Uh, I think Kappa had them. Kelma had them, didn't they, on the Real Madrid ones yep. going on. I suppose Umbro technically had the diamonds going on. But I'm, I'm, I'm thinking really specifically... Logos on the sleeves. I suppose it's Macron that were kind of, I think, for me, the worst offenders Mm. because they've got that awful logo and it's massive usually on the sleeves. (laughs) And it it just kind of that then, I mean, I'm not saying they were the first, but they were the ones that kind of really kind of overdid it, in my opinion. So I'm not Mm -hmm. a massive fan of having sleeve logos because you just don't need them. It's just like, give it a rest.
0: But I, I think what, what's going in favour of this one, the Lotto one, is that they've actually created like a little container for it to go into. So it's kind of like that's its own little bit of the sleeve. So, um, um and I would say, I'd be some churlish here. I would say that by having a Lotto logo on either sleeve, you could actually get rid of the one on the front of the shirt, but they're never going to do that because that's no. prime real estate. So it's uh, just anyway. silly.
1: It's silly boy. <laughs> So thank you again,
0: Austin, for that. And of course, it goes without saying that anybody listening in, if you've got any suggestions, if you've seen any kits that you think we've missed, then uh, do tell us. It's never too late. We don't mind sort of the fact that, you know, we can go back to them sometime later after they've been uh, launched. We are happy to have any suggestions that you may uh, want to put under our nose. So uh, there we go. Anyway, that's kit news for this podcast. And so we now move on to our main topic, which, as I mentioned earlier on, is the football kits of the 1980s FA Cup Finals. A uh, bit of a new one uh, th- as far as a sort of format is concerned. In the in the past, we've looked at tournaments and such like. We even looked at the 1976-77 First Division, I think, on a couple of podcasts back. But um, we owe uh, this uh, the idea for this uh, section to our listener, Rob Carey. Thank you, Rob. Uh, Rob got in touch with us and he said... Um, have you ever thought about coming up with the best FA Cup or other finals in terms of combination of kits worn? I just thought it might be an interesting subject. Well, we thought so too. So thanks again, Rob. And uh, just to show that we're always quite keen on uh, you
1: know,
0: using people's uh, ideas that they suggest and not ignoring them. We thought we'd uh, do that very thing. So 1980s FA Cup finals, of course, starting off with the 1979-80 FA Cup final, one that I fondly remember because it was West Ham against Arsenal, and I suppose Rich, with this one, it's a bit of a quirky start because in that final you have both teams wearing their away kits, West Ham in a, in, in their admiral kit, all white, and Arsenal wearing their umbro kit, yellow shirts, blue shorts, yellow socks. Uh, the last time actually that West Ham wore their admiral kit before they went over to uh, Adidas the following season but, I mean, what do you make of the whole sort of thing? I'm, I'm wondering, Rich, about why why both teams had to wear their away kit. Well, is I there anything the you can
1: see? I, I have absolutely no idea why they did I'm sure there's, a well, I wouldn't say a valid reason, but, yeah, it makes no sense to me because, obviously, you've got two teams, one, obviously, in Claret, and the other in red. Um, so, mm-hmm. I don't know. I make can't one see, of them the I, away team, I suppose. Yeah, I can say, I mean, looking at both of their away kits, Arsenal's is the yellow... Uh, in, with navy well kind of blue trim and west ham's is the white so i can't see how changing one of them wouldn't have negated a a a color a color clash because if west ham had worn white and arsenal were in red or west ham were in claret and arsenal in yellow that there's no color clash anymore so i can't quite hmm. understand the reason for both of them right unless one of them just rocked up only with their away kit which i don't think would have happened
0: (laughs) No, um, I'm not sure technically who the home team was. If, um, historical kits is anything to go by, then I'm thinking, uh, West Ham were the home team. But as you say, I mean, I think what, what's happened is somebody had the bright idea, bearing in mind we're still in the territory of a lot of people having black and white TV sets, is that they probably thought, well, if we give, get, get West Ham to wear all white, and then so they've got light coloured shorts and then we'll get arsenal to wear dark coloured shorts and then that's how you can separate the two well fine except that i th- i'm am sh- convinced that one of the teams could have worn their home kit um what's even more sort of peculiar i think i'm right in saying is with that west ham um sort of Ab- admiral home and away kit that they had at the time i think they used to wear pale blue shorts with their white shirts away from home so to sort of suddenly be wearing all white is a bit peculiar you can see actually that there's a bit of distinction there. on the on the uh, on the shirt west ham shirt it had um essentially a pale blue tape with the uh admiral logo on it in claret so it's a pale blue tape but on the shorts it's a claret colored tape so you can see that they've borrowed the shorts from the home kit um but a bit of an odd one really i would like to have seen one of the teams wearing the home kit obviously my own team would have been particularly good but can't win them all um and of course Arsenal still wearing those old Umbro kits that they were going to sort of stick with until about 1982 i think when they finally got some nice shiny new shirts literally shiny actually <laughs> so so anyway so that was 1980 1981 you started to get a real sense of like the the future has arrived in the shape of Tottenham's kit that they were wearing against Man City which
1: Oh, sorry, I didn't, I didn't hear you yes, say Rich. That would be Rich, which is I thought, your name, apparently. I, thought, I thought you said witch, and I thought you were halfway through a sentence. Um, I do <sighs> apologise. Uh, who am I again? Am I a witch? Uh, right. Well, actually, the funny thing is, I was about to make that exact point. The fact that the Tottenham ones have got a, a very sort of modern look to them, uh, with a nice sort of clean V-neck, uh, and contrasting heavily with the Man City kit, which looks firmly rooted in the 70s with a giant wing collar. Um mm. and is, is that is that yeah it's an Umbro taping down the sleeves yes isn't it? that's right so yeah, yeah massive contrast there um Tottenham looking very sort of sleek and modern and yeah Man City looking very kind of like last decade a bit I and mean, the funny thing is is like in the in the 1981 I think the West Ham Admiral kit looks very dated because it's kind of it's very of its time because Admiral kits were generally quite striking Um yeah. so you can they they date sort of quickly I guess. Uh, Whereas the Arsenal one, again, same sort of um, template as the Man City one from the following year, but it it looks nice. It's a very nice shirt, but again, it it does look quite dated with the sort of winged Mm. collar on it. But I don't know, there's something about the Man City one that just looks very dated. It just looks really, (laughs) really old.
0: Well the following season they actually changed to another new kit and it was still Umbro but this time it was um I think it had sort of piping going from under the um sl- under the arms to sort of up to the shoulders I think and a much more modern sort of silky looking material as well so yeah that was I think that was the last might have been the last time that kit was worn actually but that Lecoq Sportif one the, the Tottenham kit I mean an absolute classic and just full of sort of continental flair really, just the minimal approach, simple V neck with a bit of navy blue trim. Just just amazing. I remember that sort of kit breaking through and think, wow, that's that's looks like a proper kit like for the it was the eighties. This is this is exactly what we should be getting. Um so there you are. So that was that. And then of course, nineteen eighty two, Tottenham back in the final again, this time playing Queen's Park Rangers. And here again for the second and last time during the nineteen eighties. Uh, both teams wearing their away kit. Um, and again, another example, like the with the West Ham and Arsenal, we said before, Rich, whereby one of the teams I think could have worn their home kit. But, such as it is, probably for the black and white viewers at home, not that they were, you know, with black and white TVs. Um, Tottenham had their yellow away kit. And QPR had red shirts, black shorts and black socks.
1: Um, Adidas in their case. See, now i've been thinking about this uh, actually no actually no because I, I was just trying to work out i'm sure i was going to say it could have depended who was classed as the home side because yeah. i was thinking like obviously if tottenham were wearing their white queens park rangers can't wear their white and blue blue but then so i was given just thinking red given the red shirts but then if queens park rangers were the home side but then that wouldn't have clashed with the yellow of Tottenham's kit. No, exactly. So I was just trying to think. There's again, there's no combination that they could have had that couldn't have worked. So what the <laughs> hell?
0: <laughs> it it does, must have been done for black and white TV viewers, probably. You know? Yeah,
1: but that, I mean, even then, though, I mean, if I, I don't, that's really odd, though, because if you think about it, if QPR were wearing their um, blue and white hoops. It doesn't matter what Tottenham are wearing. It's bloody obvious that one's a team in hoops and the other isn't. And I would actually yeah. say that by putting one in red and one in yellow, which often shows up darker on black and on black and white than than the blue does, then I'd actually say that you you're more likely to confuse people in black and white by having a yellow shirt and a red shirt. Mm. Yeah, it's completely.
0: madness. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I remember at the time actually being very smitten with the um, QPR away shirt because it was Adidas, and we even in 1982 we hadn't seen that much Adidas stuff at the time. And this was a really nice looking kit, I have to say. But perhaps, certainly with you know, at uh, uh, my current uh, time of life, I think actually looking back, I kind of prefer the, the the Tottenham away. kit. I think the Tottenham yellow away kit is better than their home kit that they wore. In the previous FA Cup final, very nice, slightly pale shade of yellow, just ever so slightly, and with the um, the we'll use that word again epaulets in navy blue um, on the shoulders. I just thought that was a lovely, again, very minimalist style, but but nice. Yeah. Anyway, there I you like go. <laughs> oh well, yeah, there we are. <laughs> um, Marvellous. Um, Nineteen eighty-three. And uh, then we're probably getting into Adidas territory there. Both teams wore an Adidas kit that year. And it was Manchester United and Brighton Hove Albion. Uh, Now, one thing that I probably wasn't aware of at the time, Rich, but I know now because you've got the internet and stuff, is that Brighton's shirt not only had white pinstripes, it also had red pinstripes, but you just couldn't see them on TV unless the camera was very close. And I, I don't think it ever was... To any extent where you could see it, but, um, I think back in the day, I could only ever see the white pinstripes, but, um, but an interesting one. And then, of course, Man United's kit then, that they wore in that final, um, uh, was basically the one that is a, <coughs> being given a tribute and a salute with their 2016 kit, I suppose, isn't it? It's that it was the original version. Did that make yeah. sense? It probably didn't make any sense at
1: all. I, I know what you meant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's>, yeah, <laughs> basically slimy. when Adidas re- retook over the Man United contract recently and they came up with what looked like a very 80 shirt. Yeah, that's the one it's based on, the 83 shirt. Yeah. It's very nice. And again, again, like Tottenham in the two years previous, looking a lot more modern. Um, the funny thing is, I'd say even though the Brighton kit is, is a V-necks shirt itself, um, I don't know. That one looks quite dated. I think the pinstripes date it. Yeah. It just looks kind mm. of old-fashioned, um, even though it's it's probably the same style of shirt as Manu. In that it's you know it's a bog standard V-neck with um, the Adidas stripes down the sleeve. It just looks somewhat dated, whereas the Manu one looks quite sort of modern and fresh.
0: Yeah, that's it. I'm just looking actually. Um, excuse me, tapping on my keyboard and all that. But um, I just sort of noticed that the Brighton kit had white sh- white socks to go with the blue shirt and shorts. And I'm just wondering kind of at what point, because, you know, Brighton are one of these teams that sort of switches every few years. They go from stripes to plain to something else, something else. And I'm just wondering at what point they got rid of the blue and white stripes. And I can tell you right here and now, once my screen has displayed all the images on the historical kits website, come on, hurry up. I haven't got all day. So in 1980, they went from stripes to an all blue kit. Um, but um, yeah I mean it was all blue at the time but um, for some reason um, they went with white socks for the final Um, not sure why strange things that happen in FA Cup finals when you don't sort of look at the close detail but there it is but um, I don't know yeah I thought the Man United kit was a I mean it was a classic a very nice understated Adidas affair but um, two two quite nice kits I think there and then we get to 1984 and the first appearance in the 80s of Everton in a cup final. And this was the one, Rich, which had the um, what I always call the vicar's collar. Um, <laughs> I think you can probably see where I'm coming from on that. What did you make of that particular
1: Everton kit? I have never liked it. I think, I think it's an yeah? awful design. I know, I know it seems to be a fan favourite, but I don't know, again, mm. if that's just because... When I first got into football, it, it looked dated because oh. I think that I'm, my relatives in Liverpool gave me some f- uh, photos which were from the, I think it was the 84 Milk Cup final, which was between Liverpool and Everton. And I think at the time Liverpool had their uh, pinstriped one and Everton had this and everything just looked so dated compared with the 85-86 season uh which yeah. is you know when i was watching it where obviously everton had their their sort of bib shirt and liverpool had their spangly um sort of shiny and shadow patterned one so it's just like i never really liked it like, I, I i like the design in the sense of it's kind of it's different and it, it's it's i kind of it's innovative but i, the, I can't escape from that kind of that feeling I had at the time of that it just looked really old and what do you what do you make of it um yeah
0: I'm not sure that um I was a huge fan of that one um back at the day I just yeah it looks a bit quirky the thing was I think on a previous podcast that we did uh might be one with John Devlin or something like that um I, it came to me at the time that actually that template that Everton are wearing was also worn by Aston Villa at the time, but nobody sort of remembers that one. I certainly didn't. But they had a kind of plain claret shirt with a blue, light blue sort of, um, collar inset, this V shaped panel. So they weren't, Everton weren't the only team to wear that. Um, I think in some ways it looked better, I think, as, you know, on the Aston Villa kit rather than on Everton's kit. Uh, yeah, not one of my favourite Everton kits, but I think you're quite right in saying that it's probably a fan's favourite, probably because it's connected with, uh, not just this FA Cup final in 1984, but also the next one as well, which we'll come on to. Um, but, uh, but this was the first FA Cup final where shirt sponsorship appeared. So we saw Hafnia on the Everton kit. Um, and, uh, of course, Watford, they had Iveco. I'm not sure where Iveco came in our, uh, Greatest shirt sponsorship thingy of all time that we did on the football attic blog site, but I'd um, suggest nowhere. I'd suggest, nowhere, I'd, I'd suggest <laughs> it. It was one of the great, one of the classic ones in a way. It was one of those. as soon as people think, say Watford, they think of Iveco.
1: No, I think they. I or think Solvite. we had Sol- We to say we had Solvite from, from yeah. Watford. I think. I don't think we had Iveco in there. Ah,
0: um,
1: shame. But- well, the funny thing with this one is this is kind of this is again the eighties you where you were getting this like we've mentioned before in the in the eighty six World Cup where half the teams wearing Adidas had this kind of modern template like Bulgaria with the wrap over neck, and then half of them had this kind of you know collared affair which looked really old mm-hmm. i I think and this to me, the massive neck on this on the Watford shirt really really dates it, and I think this yeah. is uh, kind of an f a cup final which just looks really really old. It it almost looks kind of, and it doesn't look 70s, because obviously the the styles at the time were very definitely 80s, but it looks very, very early 80s. There's no escaping it, you know, you can't move that out of its time period.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah. I mean, that that Watford shirt came in in 1982, so it was a sort of second year that they were wearing it, and and I think they wore it for another um, year after that as well, actually. Um, they just changed the short and the styling on the shorts and the socks, um, after the first year. Um, but yeah, that was start, starting to look a little bit old, old hat, as they say, the, uh, the Watford one. But, and yet, you know, like two, well, particularly the, the Watford one, I'd, I'd argue is a, one of the sort of classic Watford kits that everyone remembers, you know, John Barnes wearing it and people like that. So, um, <coughs> there you go. But point taken about the fact that they were, in both cases, the, the the styling was looking a little bit, sort of, not quite as modern, perhaps, as it could do. But that Everton kit reappeared the following year when uh, Everton faced Man United in 1985, but this time Everton wore blue shorts. Again, it's that colour clash thing for viewers at home with black and white sets. Was there anybody left in 1985 with a black and white TV? Actually, probably there was quite a few. Um, but Man United were wearing their usual kit, red, white, black. And so they put Everton in blue shorts with their white socks. And um, this time Man United wearing the kit that I actually mentioned on the last podcast when we were talking to Jay and John, uh, the the Bullhorns shirt that I remembered. And I I actually really liked it at the time, these white flashes on the shoulders um um it was curious actually i was sort of i'm still trying to process what john devlin said which was the fact that you know because like nobody else wore it that particular template that's possibly why why it's sort of deemed by many people to perhaps be not a very good kit design but i i'm not sure that i i mean it has a certain logic to it that particular reasoning but i mean i i don't know i i just thought it was really good and of course you got sharp across the middle that sort of reinforced the uh the the connection between sharp and man united that was going to go on for many years but and then the badge in the middle and i think john said he didn't like the fact that the badge was in the middle but i thought well that's another nice new twist that nobody else had done very often putting the badge in the middle
1: rather than on the on the right side of the shirt so a nice kit but i don't think you were too keen were you on that one no and i th- again i think this suffers from the same thing as the everton one does in in that it was just before i got into football so when i started watching football um it was old to me because oh. it was like the previous season so I, yeah. I, I and I never really liked it because of that and I'm also like John i'm not a massive fan of the badge me in the middle it just doesn't don't know it just doesn't feel right it doesn't feel like a man united shirt but i don't i don't, I don't know that's just my personal opinion and I, oh. I know that um nike when they were doing menu used quite a lot of white trim on the united shirts, but I just don't like it it just doesn't look right. Don't like it. Don't, um, don't like it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, well, Everton were back for their third consecutive final in 1986, where they faced their old Merseyside rivals Liverpool. And this time, they had a new kit, Everton, and it was the, the famous sort of bib kit, the one that I actually really liked. I mentioned this on an old <coughs> Football Attic podcast a long time ago. Uh, big white panel across the top half of the shirt. Um with blue sleeves and NEC was the logo, uh was the sponsor logo and like a big, uh, like a wide blue stripe running down the sides of the shorts and at the time I loved it but actually looking at it now uh, looking at a picture from the 1986 final it, even that one looks a little bit dated to me especially up against Liverpool's very nice, very swish brand new uh Adidas kit um, do you share that view?
1: Uh, Yeah, and the funny thing is, it's it's a very odd one for Everton to have because there was a lot of white (laughs) on it. It's like because the thing is, for me, this is the the eighty six FA Cup final was the first proper football match I ever watched. So Mm. for me, that's what Everton wore, and I remember when Everton changed their kit the following season to the all blue one, and I remember thinking. Why have they done that? Why why have they gone all blue? And it's like, and then you realise that's their traditional colours, you know. So I, yeah. I I don't again I don't think Everton fans are particularly fond of this kit, and I can see why, you know. If you if you had a shirt that was traditionally all blue, and then suddenly half of it's white, and it's like <laughs> kind of what the hell, you know. But it, it's an interesting shirt as well because I don't think it's not a design that's ever really been used elsewhere i don't think it's not you know i mean i know the sort of bib motif has been used i'm sure middlesbrough had something similar yes. to it yep. um but it's just this is a massive bib in effect it's like <laughs> you know kind of like someone's expecting a very sloppy meal um it, it it almost covers like i say it almost covers the top half of the shirt really when it's tucked in it pretty much does in fact i'd say when it's tucked in there's more white than there is blue <laughs> However, I do like it because I've got fond memories of it, but like you said, compared with the Liverpool kit, which obviously I think was, was it our, no, it wasn't 5th, was it? Was it 6th or Mm, 4th? Something not remember. yeah. Yeah, of of the Football Attic, greatest football shirts of all time, 50 top kits, whatever we called it, (laughs) and it (laughs) wasn't just Football Attic, it was with designfootball.com and... Who's two that other bloke? Yeah, J, JD, the JDs. Um, <coughs> Big John. JD Sports. J, JD Sports. <laughs> um, so yeah, and it's, I, the funny thing is though, with the Liverpool one, I always preferred the Crown Paints logo to be over two lines rather than in one line. It yeah. Just, in the one line, it kind of just, it's too thin and stretches too far. But the NEC sponsor on the Everton one is obviously a classic.
0: Um, yes.
1: but, but yeah, that, that's a proper, Proper sort of mid-80s final, that is, with, you know, spangly, uh, kind of silky shirts and bright colours. Lovely. Lovely stuff. I remember not really being that bothered about the predominance of
0: white on the Everton kit at the time. It just seemed like you sort of focused more on the blue. but, um, But now you kind of go, wow, as you say, so much white. Uh, I wonder how popular that one is with Everton fans. Maybe if uh, any of you out there are Everton fans or you know somebody, then uh, let us know. It would be interesting to tap into the views of uh, fine folk like yourselves. Uh, On to 1987, which uh, I don't know if you saw this one, Rich. It was uh, a cup final, had Tottenham and uh, Coventry in it, actually, apparently. Uh, I think so. It wasn't very good, yeah. was it? <laughs> no, there was uh, wasn't it a dull? Uh, no, that's not that one. No. Um, yes. Coventry City uh, against Tottenham. Um, A curious one, actually, as far as the kits are concerned, because um, Tottenham, I think, were wearing a new kit that was going to be worn during the coming season. Mm -hmm. I think I've got that right. However, it was worn with navy blue shorts, and in the cup final it was all white. Are you getting this kind of continuing theme now? Because Coventry had dark shorts. And even that was a curious thing, wasn't it, Rich?
1: Yeah, because Coventry's actual home kit that season had white shorts. So I still don't actually know why they swapped, you know, unless unless <laughs> Set Blatter was having a word in someone's ear and went, "We want one colour kits." <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh god. Um, the the, the commentary kit uh, made by Triple S and um, Holsten uh, was the sponsor on the Totten kit, and Hummel were the
1: manufacturers. Um, sorry, I forgot to mention Granada Bingo as the uh, the sponsor on the Coventry The, cla- the just... classic Granada Bingo. And also, obviously, this is the FA Cup final where half the shirts weren't sponsored by Holston because the kit man had buggered it up. That's um, right. I vaguely remember that at the time, yes. Yeah. Um, but see, now to me, this is another uh, Cup final where you have one kind of quite, to me, dated kit and one that looks super ultra modern and unfortunately it's the cov one that looks dated because by this point (laughs) by this point a standard v-neck with just some like white piping on it well white trim on it was starting to look a bit old hat you know everyone else was having wrap over necks we've got a standard v-neck collar with just some um you know white two white line trim on it and and obviously the shirts were a bit cheap because they were made by like Triple S which is you know who the hell's ever heard of Triple S (laughs) sports other than Cobb fans um whereas Tottenham rocked up in this you know very very super modern looking especially even compared with the shirt they'd had previously um and, and they, I, I thought Tottenham looked really good. I, I didn't like it at first. I thought it was very weird looking, but I think it's just huh. the, the shock of the new. And they also had this half and half band on the shorts, which was completely, you know, unseen before. Mm. And and looking back, I think it's one of Tottenham's best ever shirts. I think it's a really nice outfit. And I think it actually went nicely with the white shorts as well, because it yeah. emphasized the band across the, uh, the around the, the waistband of the shorts. So, again, Tottenham, I thought, looked much better than Cov did, but obviously we were the better team and won and beat Tottenham because <laughs> they are rubbish, and anyone that likes Tottenham is an idiot. <laughs>
0: um, too much information. You, you just lost it at the end there. Damn, I don't know if you damn. Know, just... I've
1: done it again, haven't I? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, just tallying up with what you said a moment ago, actually, that the, the Tottenham kit, I thought, was just de- delightful, and they should have worn that in an all-white Composition throughout the following season. I mean, it just looked much better in all white rather than with the navy blue shorts and the band across the top of the shorts as well. Um, the, the navy blue band across the top, very nice. Um, but at the time, my recollection is that I was a little bit disappointed because I loved the kit that went before. And it's actually the one that won our last, um, kit off vote, actually from a, from a couple of podcasts back. Uh, the one which had the sort of diagonal lines. Uh, across the top of the shirt with the chevrons, the, uh, the Hummel chevrons going across the middle as well. I remember thinking, oh, that's a shame that they've got rid of that kit. It was, a, that was a good one. But actually, this all white one from, uh, Hummel was beautiful. And yeah, as you say, Rich, um, <coughs> just a bit strange. <coughs> some of the styling on the, on the blue and white stripes of Coventry there, it just sort of looked a little bit old fashioned. And I'm right in saying, am I not that this was, was that the first time they wore it? Because they were wearing that half and half, you know, Denmark style template, weren't they, the season before, or have I got that wrong?
1: You've got it the wrong way around. It was because we won the IC Couple that, that we got the Hummel kits because prior oh, right. to, the the season before this, we'd got the Umbro kits, which were the kind of <coughs> the dark oh, right. yeah, the sort of uh, the sort of light blue and dark blue stripes with the pinstripes on it. Then we had this and then we switched to Hummel because we had oh, a bit oh, more right. cash to flash around and a bit more attractive, you know. Um but yeah, so I think the, I, I, like you, I, I wasn't disappointed that Tottenham weren't wearing it. Although I, th- I actually, I think I was. I, I was more shocked. I was like, "Hang on, that's not their kit. What's this?" You know, because obviously I, I wasn't used to the concept of pre- uh, debuting FA Cup kits. <coughs> uh, sorry, debuting next season's kit in the FA Cup. And i remember thinking, they're not allowed to do that, are they? But <laughs> yes, they were, and and they looked all the better for it as they lost.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So there we go. So. Um... Sorry, I was only like 15, 16 at the time, so I can't remember the sequence of the Coventry kits. You'll have to forgive me. You're, that's oh, why I always God's refer to you with the detailing.
1: For God's sake, who doesn't remember the <laughs> sequence of mid-80s Coventry kits?
0: Yes, don't all shout at once. Um, <laughs> 1988, Wimbledon versus Liverpool, classic final, if not packed as packed with goals as the previous one was. Um, now, again, I, I think we have to kind of embrace this thing of new styling and old fashioned styling. Liverpool's kit, they had a new kit, um and it had a wrap over collar and um crown paints in the in the middle there, your logo. Um fairly subtle styling but but quite nice with it of its time. Whereas the Wimbledon kit, which was made by Spal, I mean not bad, but um looked a bit kind of uh, like it needed a bit of a revamp, frankly. It had the yellow epaulettes again across the top and the thin yellow piping just below the neck. Um, interestingly, Carlsberg as the logo, the sponsor logo on their shirts, whereas in fact they'd had Truman in the season leading up to that point. They had Carlsberg the following season, just for one season. But, um, obviously the, the, the kits kind of didn't match in the end because Wimbledon managed to win even with a slightly second rate kit. Don't hit me. Wimbledon fans, uh, what did you think Rich?
1: Uh, I, I, no I agree with your point, I thought at the time I thought the Wimbledon kit was awful because uh, it just looked so um, oh, it just looked very very dated um, and the neck on it was horrific, it was a wrap over but it was so thick and I think just again compared with Liverpool who's who looked a lot more stylish um, but again for the second year in a row the uh, team with the best kit lost. Mm. Did yes, I mention indeed. that Tot- Tottenham lost the first <laughs> one? I, I think I was you clear did. About yes. that, we beat Thank them you kindly. We, we must won move FA on. Cup, beat Tottenham. Let's right, move on to, to, to Leave it. <laughs>
0: and finally, we come to the 1989 FA Cup final, and once again, Everton versus Liverpool. But the kits were somewhat more different from the last time they played particularly in the case of Everton, who are now getting back to a more traditional-looking kit. Out went the white bib, uh, a nice uh, white collar, flappy sort of collar, stylized, you might say, blue shadow patterned shirt. Uh, but the shorts had a kind of double sort of panel on the bottom, um, like a blue sort of diagonal cutaway panel, and then a sort of silvery-grey one just above that. And uh, also around the top of the turnovers on the, uh, the, the on the socks, you had this kind of what I call a kind of policeman's hat sort of pattern, really like a white checkerboard uh, thing going around the top of the turnovers. But um, I think that actually looked good. I mean, I, obviously the Liverpool kit um, that was worn was the same ones they had the, in the previous cup final, but this time they had Candy as the uh, sponsor logo rather than Crown Paints. But I just thought that the new Umbro Everton kit was uh, quite splendid. But what was your view on that,
1: Rich? I'm not a great fan of that Everton kit. And I was also disappointed that they changed it. Because the previous Everton kit, which is the one they'd had for three years, uh, which was the one with the nice diamond pattern and the wrap-over neck, which I think, to me, is possibly one of the best Everton shirts ever, that you know they'd had that for three years and then they finally got into a cup final again and then swapped it out so it was like i was quite disappointed um but i don't know i just i'm not a great fan of that one i just think it's a bit boring i'm I'm never a great fan of just a plain shirt with just that sort of collar on it and and it was kind of where a lot of the shirts in the 90s sort of went they were kind of leaving the 80s behind and going back to that kind of collar look which Mm. i was never a great fan of I've always been much more of a V neck person myself a V-neck man. <coughs> V-neck man.
0: So, there you go. So, I mean, those are the 20 kits that were worn in the 1980s FA Cup finals. If you had to pick a final, Rich, out of those 10 in terms of the quality of both kits that were featured,
1: which one do you think you'd go for? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I would probably go obviously I'm going to be a traitor here because I, I just think Coventry's kit at the time, I would go for the 87 kit actually more because of Tottenham's kit. Cause I think it was, I think it was stunning, but I just think Coventry's kit overall, even though I like the kit cause it's Coventry and we won in it, we beat Tottenham in it. Maybe we won the FA Cup. Um, I would say I'd have to go for the 86 one because I just think Liverpool's kit was stunning. And I thought I, I did like Everton's at the time. Um, So, sorry, Coventry. I'm going to go for the 86 one. What would you go for? I think I'd go for 1983, because I just remember watching that at the
0: time, Man United against Brighton, and even though the pinstripes thing was not as new as it was, it was still fairly current then, and I remember thinking that Man United's kit looked so much better in a modernised form than the kind of Admiral ones that, that... uh, Man United were wearing in the late 70s I just thought it looked so much more up to date and sort of nice and neat um, and I just thought both kits were really nicely executed both Adidas kits um, so I think I'd go for 83 but um listeners if you've got a choice do let us know tell us which of the 1980s finals you liked best in terms of the quality of the kits in each case again as I said before we uh, look forward to hearing from you and we'll give you all the details of how to contact us Near the end of the podcast, which is actually coming up soon. And don't, um, just
1: to say, don't just choose the one that your team won in. Yes, yes, because it's exactly right. Because I've avoided doing that because Coventry won in 1987 and I didn't choose the one where we beat Tottenham in 1987 <laughs> when we won the FA Cup. I went for a different one. So, yeah, try, just yes. go for the one which is... the, the and, and it has to be the overall whole kittage from the whole yes. game. Not just one side. And in other words, it's not just who had the best kit. It's which final had the best kit. Plural.
0: <laughs> yes. There you are. You've been told. So there you go.
1: Right. Yeah. Anyway,
0: heading towards the end of the podcast now. But uh, before we go, we've got another kit-off vote for you. We didn't have one last week because it was a special edition. But uh, we're back this week. And um, we have gone with theme of Sunderland Away Kits. Now, it yeah, sounds a bit random. Um, there is method in the madness and we'll, I'll tell you why we picked that subject in a moment. Um, but basically we are asking you to choose your favourite from the last three uh, Sunderland Away shirts that have been worn. So
1: just to describe, well maybe you could describe them for us Rich, um, shirt A? Uh, shirt A from the 2014-15 to 15 season is uh, described as summer blue and it's basically an, an all over blue shirt with very dark pinstripes. Uh, and a nice sort of classic wrap over neck. I think it was uh, a standard template that um, Adidas had at the time. I think Bosnia had that in the World Cup. Mm. It's quite nice, quite nice classic. Uh, not so keen on the shade of blue, but mm, mm, it's all right. Yep. Um, shirt
0: B uh, is from the twenty fifteen sixteen season, and it's in sort of two tone green with yellow, pale yellow styling. And down the middle of the shirt, you've got a sort of um, kind of a grass green fading gradually into a paler shade of green. Um, and again, Adidas, as indeed all three of them are Adidas. The collar styling is a bit more sort of squarer around the sides. Um, but um, that's, that's your
1: 2015-16 Sunderland away shirt. And Rich, this season? Uh, this season is a white shirt with a, a diagonal sash a very thick sash which I think is made up of uh, sort of thin stripes it's basically I think Spain had this as an away shirt uh, which was light blue and black um, and I think it's the same so it's, it's I think it's last year's template um, hmm. but it's it's nice it's it's very you know it's got a sash so you can't moan there it's got that horrible Dar for Bet, or Day for Bet, however you pronounce that sponsor on it. But it's quite nice, and it's, it's it's I thought I like the sort of fading sash effect. I'm going to call it as well. I think that's the one that everyone will go for. Oh, okay. Interesting.
0: Um, I'm not sure yet. I'm going to play for time, and I'll try and give you my view on which one I'd go for. You're on a good run on picking the winner at the moment, so um, far be it for me to disagree. But um, anyway, basically... Uh, what we're going to do, as we always do, is we're going to put the voting mechanism up on our website uh, in the post that accompanies this podcast and on Twitter. So you've got two places, you just pick one of the two and you can vote for your favourite, A, B or C there. And then we'll add up all the votes we get across both channels and um, give you the result on the next podcast. Uh, so uh, we look forward to you uh, taking part and thanks for taking part in that. The reason why we've gone for Sunderland away shirts uh from the last three seasons it was uh, as a result of our friend mcdoug uh on twitter who uh, we spend some of our time chatting football shirts with um he has just started a new account on twitter which you might want to follow it's at scottish kits uh or scottish footy kits is the full name and uh we urge you to follow mcdoug over there on his new channel because um there you'll find him, as I say, chatting about football shirts, not just Scottish stuff, but uh, all kinds of other stuff as well. And only today, or maybe it was yesterday, he uh, just mentioned the very valid point of, you know, should Sunderland try and pick a sort of standard colour for their away shirts or their away kits and try and stick with it uh, on an ongoing basis rather than changing the colours so wildly and um, I thought that's a that's a fair point, and maybe we'll use that as the theme for our kit off vote this time around. So that's why we've gone with Sunderland.
1: And, and can uh, I can sorry, yeah. going to say, can I just point out if anyone's wondering why the uh, I think really nice and most people think hideous pink and purple um, outfit from this season's not being used? It's because it's a third shirt. That's right. I actually said to Chris, I said, Oh, we need to have that one in. Chris was like, Yeah, we can't. It's the third shirt." I'm like, ah, bugger. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Only the away shirts in this particular
1: instance, yes. yes. Um, and
0: which one would I pick? I mean, I like the green shirt, but it, when you see the whole kit in green, it looks a little bit kind of leery, bit gearish. And the blue, as I think you you said, the, the, the colour of blue on that shirt, A, not quite ideal. So I think I'd go for C as well, really. Um, mind you, uh, I. I
1: what? I was just going to say so I think people will go for C. I think as much as I like C, I'd actually go for B as my favorite because I think oh, okay. it's so weird, but I think people <laughs> will go for C. But yeah, I, I, I even though my, I look at B and it and the, immediately I just go, "Oh my god, that's awful." But then there's something about it. I just think but I quite like it. It's kind of <laughs> I think I think C is the prettiest. I think it's a very nice shirt, but I, it's a bit boring. I, I think I like B because it's some, it's so weird. Yeah.
0: Well, the thing is, um, I remember going back when I were a lad, back in the late 70s, I think Sunderland often would wear a white shirt um, as an away shirt. And sometimes I think going into the 80s as well, I think they dabbled with like a royal blue one as well, which actually looked quite fetching. But, um, and and I'm all for green shirts, but I think it has to fit with the particular club in question, like Norwich, obviously sometimes go with green shirts away from home and that works, but for Sunderland, I'm not sure, not really an ideal fit, but anyway, there we go. But, uh, do take part in that, uh, kit of vote if you, uh, would be so kind listeners. And, uh, just before we go, a few other sort of pointers and bits of feedback to give you, um, uh, just to tell you that, uh, we mentioned earlier on, Austin Long, a second plug for Austin on this one, because he recently did a nice little post there about, uh, uh, Czech Republic's 2006 kits and his interest in those. So go to soccernomad.wordpress.com just to kind of catch up with that. It's a nice post. Um, John Devlin at the moment is in the, um, process of illustrating all the Premier League shirts or kits, I think, actually, the whole kit, excuse me, um, that's sort of being worn every weekend that, uh, every, Every Premier League kit worn every weekend, just so you can sort of see who's wearing what, which is rather nice, the way he's doing those. Uh, good work, John. Um, and, uh, also, um, as well as, um, Austin's suggestion, no, not Austin, who is it? Uh, who is it suggested about doing the, uh, the, the 1980s FA Cup finals kits? Uh, uh, Rob Carey. Rob Carey, uh, as well as Rob, um, we also had another suggestion and that came from, Tom Keel hello tom um and he suggested that uh, on a future episode we might want to look at hipster shirts uh, namely those ones that um that we were criticized for not including in the 50 greatest football shirts ever um and so um thank you tom for that suggestion we are going to uh, basically keep a note of that one and we're going to deal with that i think almost certainly on a future podcast so uh, just want to say thank you for your suggestion and um we will collate our list so we've got uh, lots of stuff to refer to on that, but uh, good good idea for a future pod, that one. And I think you, you were going to mention Cameroon with regards to that.
1: I was, yes, because uh, I have recently bought, uh, classic football shirts had a, a, a series of the um, Cameroon all-in-one kit Um Cameroon in the sort of mid-2000s had a habit of releasing... Well, they did twice now. They got kits that were banned by FIFA. No. Um, um, the first one was the sleeveless one, which they had to then attach black sleeves to when they played. Um, and the second one was the all-in-one, which is basically like a... Well, it, it's, it is literally like a, a sort of... It's like a romper suit, basically. <laughs> um, uh, and so I bought one the other day because they had the Away and the third shirts, and I got the Away, which was a yellow one. Uh, and and I think they're ace. And I, I I kind of I was saying to Chris before we started recording that I think if we were doing a football the fifty greatest football shirts ever again, I would have lobbied for a Cameroon one, one of those two. I actually preferred the uh, um, the sleeveless one because I thought that was a novel idea. Um, but I think this one looks ace because it's the one with these sort of uh, these slashes on the side where it looks like it's been torn by a tiger's claws hmm. or something, or a lion, I guess it would be. Sorry. Um, other shorts, uh, shorts, other shirts I got <laughs> recently. Um, I got another two examples of the Hummel eighty-six template. Uh, one in yellow and blue and and white, and another one in green and white. And I have now got a complete set of the 1860 Munich Oktoberfest shirts, so we can wow. all rejoice. Hey. Yes, because I managed to get, I managed to get the first two, no, numbers one and three off eBay at great expense, I might add, because they're not bloody cheap. Um, <laughs> but I now, I now actually have two of the first one, um, uh, because I bought one off vintage shirts and then noticed the, the bottom, I think someone had cut the hem off it at some point, um, and then restitched it. Mm -hmm. So I then bought it again when I found it on uh, eBay in Germany. Um, And I also recently bought two late 80s Wigan shirts um, (laughs) from a Facebook group, which I would like to publicize, called Football Shirts for Sale for MECP2UK, which is run by a guy called Mark Lund. And he's raising money for that charity. And basically, what he's doing is he's had a lot of shirts donated, and then he's selling them all off at ridiculously cheap prices. Like the average ones go for about five quid. Uh, the two that I bought, which were late 80s Wigan ones, were about fifteen quid each. But that's an absolute bargain considering they're kind of yeah you know, they're really really rare ones and they're Elgrin ones um so yeah go and have a look at that group because it's well worth it because apart from the bargains it's also obviously raising money for a good cause so go and have a look at that that's football shirts for sale for m e c p 2 uk and it's run by mark lund um so yeah check that out good shout well
0: done uh yes a nice stash of shirts you've been buying there recently well done
1: Thank you. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, yes, thank you. That's not the attitude my wife has. <laughs> no, well,
0: that's what I, I figure. You know, you're know, you here to receive um, succour and and, um, and support. Yes. Um, anyway, that's pretty much all we got time for. But we do want to give you the details if you want to get in touch with us. Um, basically, you can find the website over at www.thefootballattic.com. Uh, we're on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash footballattic facebook.com forward slash the football attic and if you want to drop us an email you can do that as well admin at the football attic.com. and of course you can download our podcast not only on our website but also on itunes as well if you want to leave us a positive bit of feedback on there a nice review of the podcast we'd love you to do that but you're under no obligation uh, so there we go uh, anyway that's all we've got time for for now. So thank you for listening. Thank you, Rich, for your company as ever. Wonderful to talk to you again. And, uh, well, needless to say, we'll be back again very soon, uh, as long as we can avoid getting colds or any other passing illnesses. So until then, from myself, Chris Oakley, and from Rich Johnson, it's goodbye to you all.
1: Au revoir.
0: Down deep in the middle of the Congo, a hippo took an caught a glover and a mango. He stuck up with the others and he danced a the tango. The rhino said, I know, we'll call it Tumbango. Tumbango,
1: let's drink Congo.